0: Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Hey, all of you who are single and unattached in middle age, do you find yourself wondering, will I ever meet someone? Well, our friend Terry Orbuck, the love doctor, is offering an online course, How to Find Love in Seven Days. Now, this 90-minute video is a scientifically-based program that will help you find the one. And for our listeners only, we're offering Dr. Orbeck's course for 50% off the full retail price. Simply click on the banner on our program's webpage, and it will take you right to the offer. And say, those of you who are presently married, uh, Dr. Terry's video might encourage you to fall in love all over again with your current spouse. And now, on to the program. This next segment is primarily for you women, But I urge all of you men to stay tuned so you can either reform or prevent becoming one of those toxic males that my guest is going to be talking about. And ladies, no matter how long you've been married or in your current serious romantic relationship, it's time to take off those rose-colored glasses. Did your relationship start out great? You were the queen on his throne until you got hooked. If you're married, Mm -hmm. perhaps shortly after the honeymoon ended, or maybe slowly year by year, uh, your husband has become more self-centered, neglectful, and abusive. And have you Mm -hmm. tried time and again to change him, but to no avail? Well, the bottom line at present, your marriage, your relationship, does not bring you comfort and joy. And your Mm -hmm. spouse or romantic partner is not treating your marriage cohabitation, or serious dating as a two-way partnership of equals, and you're uh, doing almost all of the giving, and he's doing the taking. Regrettably, (laughs) a lot of women in long-term toxic relationships lose their self-confidence, spontaneity, Mm -hmm. and inner compass. In worst Mm -hmm. case, their sole purpose in life becomes conforming to the image they believe their man wants from a wife or life partner, Mm -hmm. and that sad scenario often becomes self fulfilling, and uh, ultimately stress and sadness, and a woman could eventually need to stroke, heart attack, or other life-threatening health problems. No matter how long you've been trapped in a toxic relationship, my guest, Shannon Coleri, is here to help you or a close Mm. female friend to determine whether it's time to cut your losses and move on. And Shannon Mm. Coleri, uh, this multi-talented lady, has been an actress, playwright, screenwriter, and most recently an author and personal love coach and she presently describes herself as compassionate, fierce, protective, sometimes funny recovery road warrior whose mission is to help you women to define and envision exactly the love relationship you want in your future Mm -hmm. so you can manifest it. And she coaches and writes from experience because she spent 10 long years in toxic uh, romantic relationships with emotionally abusive men before she found the right man, her husband, and she's author of numerous articles and books. Her latest book, She Dated the Ass Hats, But Married the Good Guy, How to Go from Toxic Love to Real Love in 12 Exercises. And hello, Colleen, uh, or Shannon Colary. It's, it's indeed an honor to have you with us today.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me, Roy. And I can't believe how beautifully you encapsulated all of that, um, The the way that you just said, so specifically and spoke so specifically to certain women. I I really love the way you did that. Well, amazing. I
0: encapsulated what uh, you did a wonderful job in producing. Well,
1: shoot, I, I need you to be the one who does my biography, my bio. That was amazing.
0: <laughs> well, just so I'm not your ass hat, uh, to start well, tell me what how do you define the term ass hat? Mm. And can you share the red flags that our female listeners should watch out for that signals right. that a present or potential husband or romantic partner is an ass yeah.
1: yeah. You know, ass hat, I think, is sort of a. Light way, um, and hopefully, uh, you, you know, one thing that I know about recovering from um, generation cycles of emotional abuse is that yeah. having a sense of humor is a big part of it. Yeah. Because if you can just find some of the humor in your life, that That's can often great. be just a little bit of jet fuel to get you moving in the right direction. Yeah, we're and
0: we're too serious about ourselves, aren't we? <laughs>
1: Well, we we can be. And, you know, the thing is, these situations, and I should say, this is not gender specific. I'm sure there are plenty of narcissistic women out there that take advantage of their partners and have a little empathy for them or criticize them and and diminish their self-esteem. I focus on women predominantly because that's been, that's my experience is that I'm a woman. And, you know, I love what you said about the long-term marriages because, now that we're all over fifty, or maybe over sixty, or even older, you know yeah. there can be this feeling of, "Look, it's too late." You know, yeah, that, it is what so it is. True. You know what I mean? It is yeah. what it is. I've been doing this for thirty years or forty years. Yeah. I can't, you know, right? I mean, yeah. I got and,
0: married at twenty-five. I'm fifty-five, and you were telling me yeah. to leave my. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> and 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 you know, let's face it. A lot of people are not going to leave because. Yeah they are have they they've gotten to a place where they have a, a certain tolerance level for the the life they're living and let me tell you making changes like eliminating someone you know moving away from someone that you've been with for years and years and years that is hard to do um so it, it depends on the level of emotional abuse. Now, granted, if there's physical abuse, there's no question you've oh, got yeah. to that's, get out. That's and, a whole one. You know, I'm not qualified in in that area, but yeah. I would absolutely go to the national domestic helpline and get help from professionals. Yeah. But in terms of emotional abuse, sometimes it can it can just be kind of a ugh, kind of a relationship where you yeah. don't love each other too much, you don't hate each other, you're somewhere in the middle, and it's habitual, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I, you know. I have to tell you, uh, most of my clients are now over 50, which just sh- really surprises me. Yeah. A lot of them are just coming off of maybe one or two divorces. Um, they don't trust themselves to date again, yet they feel yeah. they want to, right? Because yeah, they don't want to feel the same. They feel yeah, they don't put,
0: They're less tied into um, the the child issue of, uh, you know, divorcing <laughs> that's true. with children so many.
1: There's so many reasons why it's hard for people to leave those relationships. Sometimes they're financial. Sometimes they're the children. Yeah. There are many good reasons yeah. to stick it out. Here's what I would say. One very big, big red, red flag is if your emotion, your partner is making you feel responsible for the bad behavior that he's exhibiting. So let's say you, he says things to you like, Will I yell at you because you do this, or will I drink too much because you do that? You know, no, will I gamble because you? You know, when that is happening, that's called gaslighting, and that is where somebody is trying to make you responsible for their character defects. Yeah, I think that's their really
0: outrageous when you think about it.
1: So- yeah, and you know, but it works because a lot of these relationships start off okay, pretty normal, but over time. The emotional abuse can, can can um get worse because you know that they talk about that little frog that you put on the pot on the stove of the cool water and <laughs> it's around and he right and he doesn't even realize that he's boiling by the, and by that time it's too late. Yeah. So you know, so criticism is or you know, misplaced blame is a very big red flag. Yeah. Um And then the next one for me is very uh, abrasive criticism because when you have a partner, and this is so true for, I think women sometimes criticize men more than men criticize women. I mean, we can be kind of bossy and, you know, well, whatever, it's probably equal. But regardless, if you have a partner that criticizes you frequently and really kind of breaks your spirit, that is so that you won't feel you deserve to have your needs met in the relationship. Yeah, that's a good you won't, point. Right? And then the other thing is you're afraid to leave because, my gosh, you've got all these flaws. Who else is going to want you? You know? <laughs> you start to believe the criticism. And 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 so that's another really big red flag that you are in an emotionally abusive relationship. Yeah. Yeah, that's,
0: that's so true. But, uh, you also mm-hmm. sort of call the... Uh, or another name for the ass hat is a narcissist. I guess that's <laughs> yeah. pretty much what yeah. they are. Well,
1: you know, here's the thing about, about people that have narcissism, and some people, it's actually just the way their brain is wired. It's, yeah. Some of them have been parented poorly, some of them just have bad, that kind of wiring, but it's a lack of empathy for other people. Yeah. And you can have a relationship with someone who has a lack of empathy as long as you know that they have that, that that's just who they are, yeah. as long as they're not abusive, you know, they might not be able to, to give you the nurturing you want when you're sick or yeah. you have issues like that, but as long as they're not abusing you and and have no empathy, then I think you can figure that out, and that can yeah. be okay.
0: Well, not to denigrate any of our listeners, what are the two flaws you observe in most women who are, uh, uh, and try to stay in uh, either attract toxic relationships right. or stay in them. The flaws that make yeah. it extremely difficult for them to leave. What are those two mm. flaws?
1: You know what I I, I want to use because semantics are important. I think I don't want to use the word flaws as much as I want to use self defeating character traits. Because yeah, these can fun. be, you know what I mean? They're self-defeating. Yeah. Well, one thing about women is we tend, we do tend to have more empathy than men. And if we come from a volatile upbringing where maybe we parented a parent who had an addiction uh, and we were the empathetic person in the family and we yeah. were the caretaker and the people pleaser, then what we often have is a, a misplaced sense of responsibility where we will take responsibility for other people's baloney we yeah. have an overabundance of empathy yeah. um,
0: empathy's great but not if it's false empathy or
1: well you know overabundance you of empathy really means that you know what happens in these cycles of abuse is that when the woman finally puts her foot down and says, "That's it, I'm out of here, I'm done," you know, yeah. that's when the guy really, really, really misses you and he'll come to you and he'll cry and <laughs> you know, you know, I'm sorry, I'm changing. In fact, I've already changed. I can't believe I behaved that way. Take me back, and they're wonderful. And you think, oh my gosh, wow, you know, he's crying. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I and this empathy comes through for him. Yeah. And you go back, and then the cycle can repeat.
0: Yeah, so
1: you can that. go through the That's cycle funny. a couple of times, but then the third time around, you got to say, hey, okay, this is a cycle.
0: You know? The record is stuck.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, so I'd say overabundance of empathy, misplaced responsibility. Sometimes uh, we have a love addiction where we as women um, mistake sex for love. Yeah. And if we are physically attracted to someone and we become physically intimate, we can get hooked pretty quick. I think it's a little different for men, but I'm not a man. I could be wrong, (laughs) but the sexual connection, uh, you you can't mistake sex for love. Love has to come first. That's what I say. Easier said than done.
0: Especially in the uh, latter stages of middle age, I think a lot of wives remain Mm -hmm. in toxic uh, marriage simply because they're afraid of living alone. And what advice do you offer unhappy clients who want to be out but they're afraid? What's the preferred Mm. solution in that?
1: Well, here's the first thing I say. Get out of isolation. A lot of times we become very isolated in these relationships. And get involved in community activities. So, number one, if you're, if you're in a marriage with an alcoholic, go to Al-Anon. That's a yeah. 12-step program for yeah. women, you know, and men yeah. who are yeah. with addicts. Um, whenever you meet people that are in similar situations and they're going through similar uh, challenges, you can help each other. We call that that's sharing our experience, strength, and hope, right? Yeah,
0: that's such a good point that uh, you can't do that. Don't all
1: isolate. Long. You know, yeah. if you loved going to church and you've got a church community, go to your church, make friends, go to church socials, you know, find places. You know, a lot of uh, of us who are in long-term relationships, we forget what we liked to do before the relationship came along. A lot of us give up the joyous things we used to do. I love to go dancing. And for the five years in my toxic relationship, I never danced. And for me, one of the Best things I did was I went to my friend's daughter's quinceañera, and I danced for four hours by myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with a group of people all around, but it brought back the sense of strength that I had. I didn't remember was there. No the sacrifice you know
0: this, should never be one way—one uh, the woman or the man for that reason. Uh, for that yeah. matter, shouldn't uh, have to give up things that they love doing before the relationship. And obviously, if it's right. a True romance or a, a, a true marriage, the uh, yeah. other partner wouldn't want that person to give up. Well, everything. you know, what's
1: so funny is my current, my husband who I've been married to for for sixteen years, and we've been yeah. together eighteen years, and oh. and I had to work a lot of twelve step recovery to earn this marriage, and it's been an amazing marriage. But for Christmas, he bought me ballroom dance lessons because he oh. knows I want to learn.
0: Oh, that's great! But
1: he doesn't want to dance. So he he bought them for me, and I'm dancing with another man. Now the other man is about five foot two and portly, so <laughs> <laughs> my husband chose him. You know, he's a very good dancer. I like so, that
0: you know, your husband chose him just to be he safe. He did.
1: He chose him. He chose him. He wasn't going to get me a six foot four, you know, twenty uh, five year old Croatian, you know, ballroom champion. That was yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. So. <laughs>
0: Well, I've talked to several long-suffering wives who consider their toxic husband a reclamation project. From your experience, mm-hmm. is it realistic to anticipate that you can change your husband's habits and behavior and build him oh, into the hobby that you wanted all along?
1: <laughs> I mean, I think you know the answer to that question. You, you could answer that yourself. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, look, I, people are who they fundamentally are. You know, one thing I do love about, our, the marriage I'm in now is that if there's an – and marriage requires maintenance. It's, it can get wild weeds if you don't look, you know, That's you don't pay attention. Sure. It has to be watered and all yeah. of that. But my husband's extremely open to uh, me saying, hey, you know, this isn't working. Can we try something else? But yeah. it, usually it, – it, there are times I can be a, a, probably a domineering battle axe. But I think if you asked him, he would say – that I I will only speak up when when I'm really troubled about something and I and we have goodwill toward one another so so the goodwill makes makes it it makes the medicine go down. Well,
0: you know? for God's sake, and, and unless the situation is extremely abusive, it certainly makes sense to speak up to your husband before
1: yeah, you just leave. Is.
0: I mean, let him maybe he doesn't know how uh, really yeah. unhappy you sure. are in the relationship. And, uh,
1: yeah. Absolutely. To
0: some degree it could change. Obviously it has to be part ways not gonna go all the way.
1: (laughs) Well yeah, and you know, I think what happens is women will talk and talk and talk and ask and ask and ask and ask and then if nothing happens that's his answer.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's the answer.
1: (laughs) Right? So so you can always ask. There's no well, a common excuse
0: for hanging on to a toxic marriage is for the sake of the children from your experience does mm-hmm. it actually benefit young children, even preteens mm-hmm. or teenagers when mom is- ki- clearly abused mm-hmm. by dad and both mm-hmm. parents appear unhappy and no longer in love. If the wife does decide to split, what actions can and should she take to protect and benefit her children? How should that right. uh, go
1: it's tricky um you know i I have not been through a divorce, but I'm a child of divorce, and yeah. um my actually my mom was married four times by the time I was thirteen, so that oh, wow. was a lot of action. My dad was number one. but I will say this: my parents' divorce was amicable, and I think yeah. that's the best you can do yeah. and and the truth is it's not. For a lot of people, it's just not going to be amicable. So I think what has to happen is one one of you or both of you have to decide not to tear down or denigrate the other one in front Amen. of the children.
0: Yeah, Right? They, so they've, so they've got because to both what happens remain, is, if they want to, they've got to remain, both of them, in the child and the children's yeah. lives, but the Absolutely. denigration of a former uh, husband or mm-hmm. wife is just the worst thing you can do, obviously. Absolutely.
1: So. And you know what? Even if your uh, ex is denigrating you, you have to take the high road. You know, <laughs> you can go to your friends and complain about him, you can go yeah. to your support group and pl- complain about him, yeah. you know, those places, but with the children, you know, um, uh, my mom was kind of inconsistent for a while with me at uh, at a certain stage of my life and she didn't show up for my birthday when she was supposed to oh. of course i was devastated yeah. and yeah. and you yeah. know a, another family member made a point of saying what a chaotic crazy person she was and <laughs> it it put, it just was it was just so hard for me though you know yeah. and so i think mom. a better <laughs> approach right i think a better approach might have yeah. been You know, Shannon, your your mom's not capable of consistency right now. It's not your fault. Yeah. You know, I'm sure she's working on it, but it's not your fault, and it's okay to feel sad about it.
0: Yeah, well, and, and just talk, leave it at that. Yeah, Let, Let's talk briefly about your latest book. She dated the asshats, oh. but married the good guy. Uh, <laughs> your your book's uh, subtitle promises readers 12 mm-hmm. exercises to recovery, and we obviously mm-hmm. don't have time to go through all 12. No, as no, As a preview, no. could you maybe describe a couple of those uh, that recommended sure. steps to recovery?
1: I will. Number one, visualize what it is you want. Write down what your values are and what values you're looking for in a relationship. So having an idea of what our goal is helps us get there. Number two, you do some deep soul searching, and and you can work some steps I put in the book about what are your self-defeating character traits that are keeping you addicted to the cycle of emotional abuse. You have to take your eyes off of him. Quit looking at him. You already know everything about him. Don't look at him anymore. Just look at yourself. Work on yourself. You're the only person you can control.
0: Yeah, it's and then so easy to third, blame somebody else for a relationship yeah. that doesn't work. Every you day you're there, it's a
1: choice you're making. Every day yeah. that you're there, it's a choice you're making. Yeah. One of your self-defeating traits might be low self-esteem. It might be, yeah. um, you know, uh, fear that you won't be able to support yourself, things like that. Yeah. So when when you start digging in all that stuff and put it on paper, then you can start working on solving the problem and for some people that's 12 step recovery for other people that's their church for other people it's a therapist Um, but it is all emotional we choose what we think we deserve and so the more that you work on self love digging up what you need to get rid of with self compassion and patience you're going to have a different energy and you'll either either they will treat you better than they are treating you now or they will leave or you will leave those yeah. are the three options.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. as a man, would I gain anything from reading your book? Hopefully, would your book make me uh, better, <laughs> more responsive on wife's needs or uh, do husbands' needs? Well, something tells
1: me, Roy, just from talking to you briefly, that you are a very kind, loving, and sensitive husband. That would be my guess.
0: I wish you'd tell that to my wife. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. We've been married over 30 you years. You're a so.
1: very... You think in a very, very deep way, you do you're you're amazing um yeah i I mean, I think there are men who might want to read it because they're in an emotionally abusive relationship, yeah. like I said, it's not gender specific yeah. it really isn't you know there are a lot of wonderful men out there. I know I married one to one of them, and this poor guy he's got two teenage daughters and a wife in menopause. You can imagine oh, what wow. he's going through. <laughs>
0: Well, do we husbands dare to purchase your book as a gift for our wives?
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Well that I don't know. I don't know about that.
0: I guess maybe we have to ask ourselves that. Maybe for your
1: sister if she's got a, a husband that's not treating her well. Um no, I don't think you need to buy it for your wife. Yeah. You could tell her it exists. Yeah. But, but yeah. Well, where
0: where best should listeners go to preview and purchase your book? What's the best place? You can
1: to go uh, to Amazon. Uh, and it is available in paperback, and it's also is available for downloading Kindle. And there's lots of reviews up about it, and I think you can read the first chapter. It has a lot of humor to, to make the medicine go down easy, yeah. but a lot of really, um, really amazing tasks that you can do, and not that difficult, really, to start to yeah. grow your self-esteem.
0: Well, I also noticed that you uh, uh, that you have a Shannon's Love School personal coaching. Uh, where mm-hmm. would listeners go to uh, learn more about that? And uh,
1: oh yeah, oh they can go to my website. I'm at shannoncoleary. dot com, and it's an Irish name, so it's S H A N N O N, and then it's C O L L. B-A-R-Y. I love and that you see, name. there's I a little... so Irish. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what's funny is that my husband's name is Koleary and my maiden name was Bradley, so we're we're oh. a couple of mixed.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, but you can go there, and there's a little tab for Love School. In fact, I just started enrollment on the first, so there is oh, some great. availability still. Yes.
0: We're and I love up.
1: working with my clients one-on-one. Yeah. They're my it's favorite good. people.
0: Yeah. To conclude, in this complex world of today, one thing is obvious. No woman, or for that matter, no man, should remain in a marriage or a romantic relationship where all the benefits flow one way to the man, and uh, the woman in the relationship is miserable and uh, unfulfilled and all the bad things that go along with it, including health risks. And if your relationship is toxic and one-sided, Or you think it may be, don't suffer in silence. Make your feelings absolutely clear to your husband or boyfriend. And if he won't or can't change, then uh, as Shannon Coleri assures her, uh, you in her book, you have options. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. divorce isn't Mm -hmm. frowned upon so much these days or mm-hmm. breakups, and as one reviewer put it, anyone who is struggling and serious about changing the dynamics of current or future relationships should read her book. And thanks so mm. much, Shannon Colley. This has been a most uh, eye-opening mm. conversation.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Roy. Lovely to talk to you.
0: And best of success on the sale of your <laughs> new book. I'm, I'm going to look for it myself.
1: Okay, thank you Not so for much, Not my Roy. wife. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Thanks. bye-bye. Have, Thanks for having me. Have a great
0: day. Me. Well, in this segment, we're going to talk about restoring emotional intimacy in your marriage. How long have you been married to your present spouse? Well, if you're like me, you married your one and only spouse when you were both in your early to mid-20s. And if the two of you now are in your mid to late 40s, you've been married at least 20 years, maybe a lot more. And I trust mutual love and understanding in your life partnership has grown over the years. But let's face it, love should be in the air 365 days a year, heck, 366 on leap year. But there are bills to pay, children to raise, careers to pursue, and kids' sports, church, social, and community obligations. So, how do you, uh, you keep emotional intimacy alive amidst the wear and tear of 20 plus years and the chaos of daily living? And my guest today, Tina Albrecht, is here with some suggestions on keeping your spousal relationship fresh and new staying in love with your spouse or perhaps falling in love with him or her all over again and Christina Shelley Albrecht uh, known as Tina grew up in Orem Utah just down the road from Provo the campus of Brigham Young University not surprisingly she attended BYU and graduated cum laude in both uh, an undergraduate degree and a master's certificate in teaching English to speakers of other languages. She moved with her new husband to a small town in southwest Colorado and has taught primary school, Sunday school, and early morning seminary. Tina is an accomplished public speaker, and she's author of the 2016 book, F.H. Easy, A Year of Weekly Teachings and Daily Devotionals. By the way, the title F.H. Easy refers to family home evening, a wonderful home teaching and bonding concept practiced by LDS families like Tina's, and she's presently putting finishing touches on a brand new book due out next month titled Bridging the Gap, How to Create More Emotional Intimacy in Your Marriage, and that's the subject she's here about to talk with us uh, today, and hello, Tina, and welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age.
2: Thanks, Ray.
0: Well, in your book, Promotion, you tell us that staying in love or falling in love with your mate all over again has less to do with sex appeal or creativity than with time management. And what do you mean by that surprising conclusion?
2: Well, all relationships are developed through the medium of time. And so time is how we get closer, how we spend you know, have experiences together. So when we manage our time and we focus on each other, we can build our relationships or rebuild them.
0: Yeah. Well, I think all of us who've been married for more than a few years can agree that quality time alone uh, with the spouse, just the, the two of us, is essential to uh, keeping our marital relationship fresh and new, can you offer some simple tips for dating our mate, which I think is a fascinating concept, without spending an arm and a leg every time that we're alone together when the kids are asleep at night or maybe you have a babysitter occasionally come in? How do we do that without spending too much? Sure.
2: Well, key, of course, is um, time management, but also just the, the concept of it doesn't have to take a lot of money, a lot yeah. of time, or a lot of even tons of energy, just focused. Yeah. So what I suggest for people to do is get a little calendar, just a week calendar, and put in little simple things that you can try and see how they work.
0: So yeah, schedule that just like you would any other uh important Absolutely. appointments you have during the week that makes a lot of sense yeah. like you mentioned watching a tv show together without interruption that that might be a good thing to do i rarely watch the same thing my wife does
2: <laughs> yeah and so you experiment with you know does watching this show bring us together yeah. or is it just better not to watch tv together because we don't have any overlap of interest
0: yeah, I know you also mentioned scheduling an hour each week to talk about schedule, school updates, and other family business, but I'd also like to, uh, I know I had a guest one time that talked about 10 minutes a day of face-to-face conversation talking about subjects other than kids' schedules, school updates, and the family budget. Uh, you know, just getting to know uh, how your day's going of your spouse and uh, what you could do to make his or her uh, day better or, uh, you know, what's going on in their lives. I think that might be a good idea also. Absolutely. Totally agree. Uh, well, what's what's the one display of emotion that you call a magic ingredient for growing and sustaining a marriage at any age?
2: I think the magic ingredient is always gratitude. I really, really do. Always looking for what you're grateful for in your spouse, in your marriage, in your lifestyle. That, to me, brings magic into your personal life, definitely brings magic into your marriage.
0: And then for sure let him or her know that you're thankful for that item. Mm -hmm. You know, not false praise, but true praise that I really appreciate, you know, you because blah, blah. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, authentic phrase. What I really try to get people to do is cultivate an inner state of gratitude that just emanates from him. Yes, you'd say thank you and do it sincerely, but I want you to feel it yeah. really all the time.
0: Oh, yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah, you have to feel it really to uh, express it mm-hmm. properly and to really mean it when you say it.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I heard a neighbor one time, the lady said to her husband thank you so much for the birthday present and it sounded so put on like she wasn't really that excited about it but <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i guess they you know they had a good relationship but that sounded kind of put on but the- <laughs> You also tell us every day to uh, write in a personal diary. What nature of things do you suggest we write about, and with whom, if anyone, should we share our diary? Should we share it with our spouse, or uh, how does that work?
2: I keep it personal. My husband has never seen my oh. my little notebooks, ever. Um, <laughs> he knows about them now because I... I had to reveal what I was doing in order to feel comfortable <laughs> publishing the book. Oh. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: But for months, I just have this little tiny notebook. It's really uh, like, maybe three or four inches tall and three yeah. or four inches wide. It's very small. And on the left-hand side, I write down, when I'm, when I'm kind of developing what will really work to connect us, I write oh. down things that I tried or things that we did and how I felt. Did it connect us, basically?
1: Oh, I see.
2: And so that's the left-hand side. The right-hand side is totally dedicated to gratitude and positive experiences that I've had with my husband that day. Oh, that's
0: great. How about, you put any negative experiences down, or it's, it's got to be all positive on the right side? On the
2: right-hand side. side, it's all positive. On the left-hand side, I would put in, um, I tried this, yeah. Thing and boy, that didn't work out. I did not feel connected. I would absolutely write that down. I'm gonna now. I'm gonna try something different.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, you're not really knocking your husband. You're just saying that uh, that didn't work for the two of you as well right. as you hoped it would. But,
2: yeah, and here's well. a great example: is I always think that if we have a, a nice little snack or a nice little treat at the end of the day, that that's really <laughs> going to be bonding. And I have tried that so many times, and it just really doesn't work. My husband oh, it really works. I guess it's put
0: on weight for both of you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, my husband could stand it. I would rather not. But it just—it isn't bonding. I don't yeah. know why. I always think huh. it should be. It's not. So that's huh, the kind that's of good. thing that it's important to write down and go. Oh, yeah. hmm, that's just not going to work.
0: Well, in addition to spousal intimacy, as loving parents, it's essential that we convince each child that she or he is loved unconditionally as an integral part of the family unit, but at middle age, our offspring grow older and... uh, Enter the preteen and teenage years, and nurturing and displaying parental love seems to get harder and harder. <laughs> I mean, they'd rather we just ignore them, it seems like. How best can we lure our teenagers away from their smartphones, iPads, and uh, social ac- media activities long enough to monitor their safety and well-being and to build shared family time into our hectic daily and weekly routine? Uh, As parents, what firm rules do we need to establish to ensure a daily dose of uh, family love and connection sharing our experiences?
2: That's a lot. (laughs) What do you want me to start with?
0: No, the rules start with, uh, you know, I I always think that obviously at least one meal a day together should be a firm requirement. Mm -hmm.
2: So one of the quotes that I share a lot is that um, the number one, uh, I, this isn't the exact quote, but the number one thing that will determine whether your kids succeed academically and psychologically is how many meals, and particularly family dinners, they eat at home with their family. Yeah. That's, a, that's a big deal and something that I think about a lot, especially when it's stressful or it would be much easier to do something different or to eat separately.
0: Yeah. But
2: I'm very committed to that. I think having family dinner is is a huge family tradition.
0: Yeah.
2: Once a week I think a family I, it's night good to, to have a
0: 16. rule, no cell phones, no iPads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and
2: that's for the parents, too, not just yeah. the kids. No,
0: of course. Yeah. yeah, if the parents don't do it, the, the kids are going to be very skeptical.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it becomes a, a two-faced, kind of a hypocritical thing, and kids see right through that.
0: Yeah, they sure do. Well, what tips do you uh, have? We talked about not having cell phones, but what other tips do you have to make family meal times or other shared activities? activities more effective in bonding parents and uh, offspring together as a family? Uh,
2: planning and time management, being prepared ahead of time, is uh, reduces the parent's stress and allows yeah. them to show up more and be more present, so uh, unplugging or disconnecting from technology is a big one, transitioning into family time and setting aside work time, um, deep breathing, any kind of transitionary routine is a really good idea.
0: I like uh, on your website where you say, don't worry so much about the quality of the food as about the quality of the mood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. a great quote.
2: Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. You I know. I remind myself of that because the quality of the food does matter, and we want to oh, feed yeah. our kids well. We want to
0: sure.
2: nurture their bodies, but we also have to realize that that emotional connection is so important too
0: i also like that comment you make meal time is not is not the time to correct it's the time to connect i I think certainly you don't want to uh criticize one child in front of the others or uh you know single one out for Mm -hmm. (laughs) for discipline or anything like that at mealtime but uh,
2: yeah, and that's just a mentality it's a mindset that you work toward to make the the meal a positive experience because you can certainly have family meals and have it not be a positive experience
1: and that (laughs) will happen
2: no matter what for some you know for families that will happen occasionally but the majority of the time we want it to be a very positive experience
0: well, I'm very intrigued by your LDS concept of family home evening that uh, was modeled in your prior book, FH Easy. Uh, does the family home evening concept continue to work well as your children grow older and more fiercely independent? And how do we keep our teenagers engaged?
2: Great questions. Um, I do not have teenagers at this point. My oldest is 11.
0: So I, speak you're more from, huh? <laughs> I said you're getting there a couple more I years. I am and yeah. I'm
2: excited about it.
0: Yeah.
2: Um uh, my my daughters are wonderful and I definitely can already see the preteen stuff coming. But yeah. so when I focus on gratitude, gratitude toward my kids, that keeps us closer. Um yeah. and I'll still I'll write things like that in my notebook, things that I'm grateful for, positive experiences when I'm trying to come closer with my kids. The family home evening idea is once a week you get together with your family for two reasons. One is to really pass on, intentionally pass on values, talk about life situations, and then the other purpose is really just to bond because you you're doing something fun together. So yeah. as kids grow older, you're going to adjust your activities so that they are age appropriate and interesting.
0: Yeah.
2: And that's to me that's just that's what brings you together. Kids, teenagers, want to be with their families. Yes, they want to be with their friends, and yes, they've got a lot of things going on. But their parents and their family bond is, it doesn't, the importance of that never goes away. So just because they're teenagers and they're going through some interesting um, phase in their life doesn't mean they don't still need that closeness between their parents and their siblings.
0: Yeah, and from your experience, I think uh, I'm sure the FHE model has been tried and would work well for uh, non LDS families as well. It's absolutely wouldn't have to be tied to a particular religion.
2: Mm Hmm. Yeah, and the model is really just once a week. I like to do it at the beginning of the week. You talk about whatever, and in FHE there are a lot of overlapping model, uh, not models, but values like gratitude or friendship or your family connections that aren't religiously based so much as just family
0: based. Yeah. Well, give us a sneak peek into your forthcoming book, Bridging the Gap, How to Create More Emotional Intimacy in Your Marriage. If there was one primary message you'd like readers to take away from your new book, what would it be?
2: One thing, that your mindset matters. Yeah. Every thought that you think brings you closer to your spouse or away from your spouse.
0: That's, well, that's, that's, so that's crucial. a big one. It's so crucially a mindset, you know, 180 degrees. If it's negative, you're probably going to have a negative attitude toward everything, including your spouse's uh, conversation or whatever. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And if it's positive, it's it's so much easier to bridge that gap.
2: Right.
0: What's the best way for our listeners to keep in touch, to to learn when your new book is available for sale? And uh, do you have a website they can go to, or uh, when do you expect that to be available?
2: Sure. You can go to com and you can subscribe for information coming up. The website is being polished and coming right around the corner just in a couple of weeks. If you happen to get there before it's really launched, there still is a way that you can go and subscribe. So it's Christina Albrecht, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A A-L-B-R-E-C-H-T dot com and you can just Sign up, and you'll get the, the information. There will be a free offer up there very soon um, just to get you started, the five the five top marriage-enhancing resources that I recommend and use myself.
0: Oh, that's great. Well, to conclude, my wife, Gloria, and I have been married for over 35 years. We raised two successful children to adulthood. But have been empty nesters for the past several years, and as much as I love and respect her as a full time life partner, even when it's just we two, I find it's easy to take Gloria for granted, failing to give her my time and full attention that she deserves and my intimacy, obviously, and I confess it's so easy to get involved in my own hectic schedule and interests that I ignore hers, but I'm looking forward to uh, previewing Tina Albrechtson's brand new book, Bridging the Gap, and uh, I'm sure you will also, and again, keep in uh, check with her website that she just gave you to uh, make sure when it comes out, And I'm certain you're intrigued by the concept of dating your husband or wife. I think that's a great concept, and we should never stop dating each other. By taking time out each week for intimate, stress-free interaction, I'll bet you not only improve intimacy and your strong emotional attachment, you may even learn fascinating details about your spouse that you didn't know about before. (laughs) And uh, thank you so much, Tina Albrecht, and uh, best of uh, success on sale of your upcoming book.
2: Thank you very much, and you're welcome for coming. I really appreciate the invitation.
0: Well, that's our program for today, and please remember to check out my book on Midlife Renewal, A Midlife Challenge Wake Up by Roy C. Richards, and tune in next week when my guest will uh, seek to convince you that the best days are yet to come, whatever your current age. Goodbye for now. from.